I want you to look in Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we will read about a woman here in Hebrews 11, verse 31. I, ha- I mentioned to you, I think, sometime this week that I've been working on a series and on faith of our fathers, but I'm going to have to rename it to faith of our fathers and our mothers, or maybe faith of our forebearers or something like that, uh, because Rahab is here in this chapter. Now, there's, a lot, there's not a lot of women mentioned in this passage. In fact, uh, uh, there is um, um, Sarah that's mentioned earlier in the chapter, but we have a verse about Rahab. And I'm interested in faith tonight, and I, I want to preach to you a little bit about faith. Now, the Bible said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so you have to have faith. You have to have faith. Uh, to please the Lord. Faith is what pleases Him. Well, here's a woman who pleased the Lord. Uh, we're told that in Hebrews 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now, if you go back to the book of Joshua and the second chapter, we'll read a little bit about this woman uh, Rahab. In Joshua chapter 2, Joshua sends two spies to come in and see the city of Jericho. In verse 1 of Joshua 2 said, Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, thank you, brother, that when it was dark that the men went out, whither the men went, I what not, pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan under the fords. As soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. You know, that was 40 years ago. Did you ever think that God would take a whole nation, put them at the shore of the Red Sea, in the midst of trouble, just so He could turn the heart of one little harlot girl down there in Jericho? That's how much God loves sinners. She said, we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. What you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the man answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. 
And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward you may go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou did let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be within the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Now, if we would go to Joshua chapter 6, and we won't take time to do that, we will find that when they came and marched around the city as God said for them to do, then finally those walls fell in, and they killed everyone in the city according to the command of God. You say, Preacher, I have a hard time with that. I know it seems a little difficult, but you must remember what God said to Abram in Genesis 15. He said, The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So apparently the Canaanites had come to the end of their ability to repent and there was nothing to do but bring judgment upon them now we spend so much time talking about love and tolerance in the day that we live we have a hard time with judgment but sin brings judgment and you can say no to God enough times until God will say no to you amen But in chapter 6, when they brought the walls down, they saved Rahab and her family alive. And the Bible said, she dwelleth in Israel unto this day. I want to talk to you about this, this, this lady Rahab, this woman. And I, I want to preach on faith. And I have a title tonight. It goes like this. Faith. The faith of Rahab. Rahab's faith canceled out. Faith cancels out. And then I want to call it the about face of faith. The about face of faith. Now here is a woman. The Bible is pretty plain. She was a harlot. Some people have trouble with that. Some Bible students, some so-called Bible scholars have trouble with that. And they have gone to great lengths to make her an innkeeper. But if you study the word harlot in the New Testament and the word harlot in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament it's talking about a strange woman And if you read Proverbs chapter 7, it's not too hard to figure out what a strange woman is. In the New Testament, the word means wantonness. It means somebody who has a hunger burning in them that they do not control. And it has, in this case, it is an immoral hunger. And so you say, well, what was Rahab? She is a harlot. That's what she was. She is a prostitute. That bothers some people. But, uh, uh, but it doesn't, it does not bother God. Not that he didn't mind her being a prostitute, but he is able to save a harlot just like he's able to save a moral woman. And so here is this woman. She is a harlot. Now, I, you said, preacher, you said about it. You talked about an about face. Well, I believe that Rahab repented. Now you say, why do you believe she repented? Well, she made it into Hebrews chapter 11. I don't believe she'd have made it into Hebrews chapter 11 if she hadn't repented. But we have some little implications of her repentance that we find in the chapter that we just read in in Joshua chapter 2. There are two or three things that are interesting. One of them is that she hid those men. The Bible's careful to tell us she hid those men among the flax. The stalks of flax on her roof. Do you remember where else concerning a woman we read about flax? Proverbs 
chapter 31, the virtuous woman. The Bible says about Proverbs chapter 31, about the virtuous woman, she seeketh wool and flax. And then the Bible said that she was to bind, she was to bind that scarlet cord. And the Bible said she bound that scarlet line into a cord. And we also read in Proverbs 31 that that virtuous woman not only works with the flax, but she binds the threads. And then it is a scarlet cord. And we read in Proverbs chapter 31 of the Proverbs chapter 31 kind of woman. We read that she is not afraid for the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. Now you say, Brother, what are you saying? I'm saying the Holy Ghost has given us some little, He's given us some, a little glimpse through the lattice that a change is taking place in this harlot woman. Something has happened to her. You say, well, preacher, what is it that happened to her? She heard about the Lord. She heard about the power of God. And when she heard about it, she said all the men around us, they had no more strength in them. They were afraid. She said, we know something about your God. He's God in heaven and God in earth. When you get to know something about God, it'll make a change in you. Now, if you're going to get saved, you're going to have to repent. There's going to have to be a change. Now, that now the change doesn't save you, but if you're willing to be changed, then you'll trust Christ, and Christ will make a change in you. But you say, well, I can just be saved and go to heaven and just live the way I've always lived. No, Jesus said, I tell you, nay, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. No repentance, no salvation. It's that simple. So she did an about face. But what I'm really interested in tonight is this canceling effect of faith. Because she is a harlot. She is a prostitute. She is an immoral woman. She has lived an immoral life. She has made a living off it. And you say, well, I, preacher, I just don't know how a woman like that could end up in Hebrews chapter 11. I'll tell you how she can end up there. Faith will cancel out your past. Faith will cancel out your past. A lot of people have trouble with their past and their problem is... They have forgotten that faith cancels out the past. Now, it's not, it's not the faith itself, but it is putting your faith in Christ and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin and your past is gone. You start out with a new slate with God. Amen. You get a blank sheet of paper. Amen. I was reading about, I was reading about Joan of Arc one time and, and back in the days of Joan of Arc, they had, they had, uh, the, the, uh, in, in, um, France there, they had a book and the book was kept in the in the capital of the country and every village was named in the book and in every village there was an accounting of the taxes that were due from each village, each township, each city in the country and each lord, whichever lord it was over certain areas, he was he was uh, it was his job to make an accounting and to bring in the taxes and then to bring them to the king. Well, uh, on one of those books, it said for a little, a little village there, it said where, where it was written what the taxes were due and all those things, it said remitted for the sake of the maid. It was written in red. Remitted for the sake of the maid. And what would happen was that was the village that Joan of Arc had grown up in and because of what she had done, they had written over what they owed that they never owed anything again because of what she had done for her country. That's just the way it is with me and you in the, in the book 
books in heaven. All our sins are remitted for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross of Calvary. And when you put your faith in Him, it's gone. Your past is gone. Now somebody else may remember it. Somebody else may bring it up. But God won't ever bring it up. He won't bring it up. He will not bring it up against you. Their sins and iniquities will I remember against them no more. Now now think about this. The word remember there does not mean like you and I think. We, we like to say, well, God has forgotten about all my sin. No, God cannot forget anything. He is omniscient. But the word remember is a legal word, and it has to do with a will. And when you if, you, if someone dies and they leave a will, and you go in and the executor of the will will begin to read, and he'll say, now your daddy left you this, and your daddy left left you that, and then he'll look at one other one, he'll say, I'm sorry, you were not remembered in the will. And what he's saying is, this has been put to your account, this has been put to your account, but there isn't anything put to your account. It is legal language. And so when the Bible said, there's sins and iniquities, well, I remember no more. It's not that God doesn't know I sin. It's that God no longer holds it against me. It's that God no longer marks it to my account. It is not on my account anymore. David said it. We talked about it in the senior citizens today. Uh, blesses the man to whom the Lord doth not impute sin. He doesn't put it on my record. It's gone. You say, where is it? It's on Christ. He carried it to the cross of Calvary and washed it away in His blood. Now you say, preacher, why would you make a big deal out of that? Because it'll help you sometime when you have to forgive somebody. Because somebody will say to you, forgive and forget. But you can't forget anything. You can't make yourself, you can't talk yourself. If I... You know what? None of this is in this message. I don't know what's going to happen, but here's where we are, so we'll stay there, man. If I were to say to you tonight, my name is Brian McBride. Say it. Brian McBride. Say it one more time. My name is? All right, now I want you to forget my name. Can you do it? Oh, you might do it after a while, but you can't do it on purpose, can you? So you say, well, you need to forgive and forget when they wrong you. How are you going to do that? You can't decide to forget something, but you can decide to forgive and not put it on their account. Right? That's what you can do. Now, I don't know how all that got in there, but it did. Let me say this. Faith faith canceled out her past. The Bible said, by faith, the harlot Rahab. Now, she had an insolent past. You know what the word Rahab means? Proud. How does a woman become a harlot? Well, what does the Bible say about the strange woman in the book of Proverbs? It said, with an impudent face. You know what an impudent face is? I'll do what I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. There must have been a time in Rahab's life when she was an impudent woman. And she was proud. And she said, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what anybody thinks about it. A lot of us have that problem, don't we? She had an insolent past. She had an idolatrous past. Because she is a Canaanite. And they worshipped false gods. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Here's what happens. You'll start out with insolence. And your insolence will become idolatry. You start out flaunting the rules and the laws and the morals of society. And you'll end up worshipping something you never intended to worship. And then she had an immoral past. Because that's the next step. Insolence leads to idolatry. And idolatry leads to immorality. 
The Bible says over in the book of Jude, filthy dreamers, likewise these filthy dreamers despise dominion and speak evil of dignity. Jude said that crowd that is, that, that crowd that is insolent, they speak evil of those that are in authority over them or have power over them, that they should have respect for their power. He said they are filthy dreamers. All those things go together. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so important with your children to help them get over that insolence. I see some of these young folks. We now when we have when we travel in the motorhome, we have our own washer and dryer. But when we're not in the motorhome, we have to go to the laundromat. I'm telling you, I have seen some kids at laundromats climbing on the tables, climbing in the dryers, and 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 sassing their mom. I, man, I heard this little boy in Walmart one day. Uh, he wanted something and he didn't get it. And his grandma and grandpa were there, and and they were trying to help. And mom was trying to get him. She said, "Now don't buy him anything." And that little boy, he must have been eight years old. He turned toward her and said, "I told." Told you to shut your mouth. He said that to his mama. And I thought to myself, I know where that boy's headed. I know where that boy's headed. Amen. Turn off the tape. Turn off the tape recorder. Turn off the tape recorder. A good switch would take care of that. Amen. Amen. Good switch. Take care of that. Boy, don't tell. Don't tell the. Don't tell the HRS and all that crowd. I said that she had an immoral, an immoral past. She is a prostitute. But now, wait a minute. Faith canceled that out. Faith canceled that out. You said, preacher, I've got so far in sin, I can't ever get out. Oh yes, you can. Faith will get you out. You say, I've sunk so low, I can't ever get out. Oh yes, you can. Faith will get you out. If you believe God, you'll get out. You know what's interesting about Rahab in Ray in the Old Testament? She's called Rahab the harlot. Even in Hebrews eleven, she's called Rahab the harlot. But when you get to Matthew chapter one, she's in the lineage of Christ, and she's just called Rahab. The harlot has been dropped. You know why? Because when you get in Christ, your old past is gone. It's washed away, never to be remembered against you anymore. Her faith canceled out her past. And then let me say this, her faith canceled out her perishing. This is a dying woman. So what do you mean dying? Well, she, the Bible said she perished not with them that believe not. Now she was perishing by sinfulness. That's a slow perishing. Imagine what immorality does to a body. And the kind of immorality she was involved in. It it wastes you away. I know I know Hollywood likes to make it look glamorous. But they don't show they don't show those women at the end of their lives. When they've wasted away and they're dying of AIDS and dying of other things like that. She was perishing slowly. But when she Put her faith in God. She didn't perish slowly anymore. And then she was perishing not only by her sinfulness, but she was perishing by, about to perish by the sword. That's a swift perishing. They were coming, Israel coming as the judgment, the executors of the judgment of God were coming to Jericho to cut down men, women, boys, and girls because of the iniquity of that people. You say, preacher, I'm still having a hard time with that. Then let me just remind you that God did that to his own people when he said to them that, that, that rebelled in the wilderness, he said, thy children shall bear thine whoredoms. God is no respecter of persons. And when you sin, that sin affects your children and your grandchildren. So you need to get that sin right. 
She was about to perish swiftly by the sword. But what happened? She bound the scarlet thord, or scarlet thread, the scarlet cord. She bound it in the window. She put her faith in God. And she survived. She was not killed. And then she was about to perish not only by sinfulness and by the sword, but by separation from God. Because if she had died in her sin, she would have spent eternity in hell. Eternal perishing. The Bible says, the Bible's pretty plain about hell. There's a hell. We don't preach about it much. A lot, of, a lot of folks that even get in the pulpit don't even believe in it anymore. But it's still in the Bible. The Bible still says in Luke 16, The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger. He said, cried, had mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and come and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And Jesus said, he said, he said, there's a place where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And the Bible said in Revelation, whose was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There is a hell. And she'd have gone there. And you and I would have gone there except for faith. <laughs> you and I might be there today except for faith in Christ who paid our sin debt on the cross of Calvary. You see, uh, your faith believing God will cancel out your past and it will cancel out your perishing. And then I'll say this. And I'll be done. And you're surprised. And so am I. Her faith canceled out her partnerships. Would you think about, here's what the Bible said, when she had received the spies with peace. Do you know what she did? She made peace with her destroyers. That's what you and I did. We made peace. Because the Bible said we're, we're supposed to fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. God, was, God would have destroyed us. But he loved us. And he sent his son to die on the cross so that we could be saved. <laughs> she got new partnership. Now think about the people that she had run with and been involved with. Think about the men that had come. I, I'm trying not to be crude. But you just think about living an immoral life, what kind of people she'd be involved with. But think about the people she's going to be involved with now. Think about the men that she's going to be involved with. She's going to be involved with Joshua in the sense that she's going to live with the Israelites and Joshua is their leader. And I thought about Joshua, and here's what I thought about him. Joshua is a man who observes a promise. In other words, if he hears you make a promise, he wants you to keep it. The Bible said, he says to them in Joshua chapter 6, Go into the harlot's house as ye swear unto her. He looked, those fellows said, You made that woman a promise, now you keep it. That's a good kind of man to hang around. One who thinks a promise is important. That's a good kind of fellow to hang around, isn't it? And then not only is there Joshua, a man who observes a promise, but she's going to marry a man named Salmon. He's a prince in Israel. And he is a man who keeps a promise because marriage is a promise. The wedding vows. What is a vow? It's a promise. When you get married, you're making a promise. You're making a promise to the woman. The woman's making a promise to a man. And so when Salmon married Rahab, she made a promise to him. He made a promise to her. He's keeping his promise. Good to be around that kind of man. So she's... 
She's going to be around a man who observes a promise and a man who makes a promise and keeps it, but then she's going to be involved with another man. And he is a different kind of man. His name is Jesus. You say, well, how was she involved with Jesus? She is, she is his ancestor. She's in Matthew chapter 1. I, I guess, I don't think we have to read it, but we could go over and read it just for the sake of reading it. In Matthew chapter 1, we read about the earthly lineage. These are the earthly human relatives of our Lord Jesus. We know He was God manifest in the flesh. He said, how do you know that, preacher? Because the Bible said so. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh. God, Jesus is God, always has been God, always will be God. But He was also man. Sometimes we put so so much emphasis on his godness that we forget about his manness. So much emphasis on his divinity that we forget, or his deity that we forget about his humanity. He was altogether God and he was altogether man. And as a man, he had he was a descendant of humans. Uh, and the Bible said that in verse number five in Salmon chapter one of Matthew, Salmon begat Booz of Rahab. That's the Rahab of the Old Testament. And Booz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. And if you keep on going, it goes all the way to Jesus. She is an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. So she was involved and had dealings with a man who observed a promise. She had dealings with a man who kept his promises, but she had dealings with a man who was a promise. He was the promised son, the promised deliverer, and she's involved with him. And I'm going to tell you, when I got saved, that's what happened to me. Jesus observes promises, He keeps promises, and He is the promise. I'm involved with Him. (laughs) One fellow wrote this, and I like the way he said it. He said, Rahab, the mother the defiled became the fountainhead of the river of the water of life which floweth out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Another man said, although man's sense of refinement may be shocked, the fact remains that Rahab, Tamar, and Bathsheba, sinful woman, were purged by God and had their share in the royal line from which Jesus sprang. Now you think about it. Here is a woman with a wicked life, a wicked past, but it's wiped away, it's washed away because she trusted God and she ends up in in the lineage of Christ. That says to me, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. God wants to be uh, connected with you, and God wants you in His family, and God will use you if you'll just walk by faith. See, Rahab teaches us that faith cancels out our past. Cancels out our perishing. Cancels out our partnership. And faith causes us to make an about face and live differently than we've ever lived before. Thank God, God allows us to have faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's not a one of us that can stand up tonight and say, I'm going to heaven because I'm good. I'm going to heaven because I straightened myself out. We'll all have to stand up and say, I was like that harlot, wicked and ungodly and ought to have been in hell. But by grace, I put my faith in the Lord Jesus. I put my faith in Him. And now I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. I'm in the family. Amen. In the family of God. How? By grace. Through faith. I want you to bow your heads, please. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. And I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, first of all, do you know that you're saved? You say, oh, preacher, I'm not that bad. Well, here's what the Bible said. All He said, for there is no difference. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You say, well, preacher, I've never been involved in immorality. 
No, but you've been involved in some kind of wickedness. And not only that, not just your sins, what you've done, but your sin, what you are. You are a sinner. You are a sinner. The Bible said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And when you tell people that, sometimes they get insolent and impudent. And they say, don't judge me. And I say, I'm not. But the Bible is. And the Bible said, you're a sinner. So there's none good. There's none righteous. There's none that seeketh after God. There's none that understandeth. We're all sinners. And because we're sinners, the wages of sin is death. We ought to be to hell. That's where we ought to be. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died to pay for our sin debt. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I can imagine Rahab every morning getting up and saying, I'm so glad that I didn't perish in Jericho. I'm so glad that I believed God. I'm so glad. A lot of folk here in the pew, you get up in the morning and you say, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I know the Lord. I'm glad He was so merciful to a sinner like me. And He'd like to be merciful to other sinners tonight. So maybe tonight, let me ask it to you this way. If you're here, you say, Preacher, I'm not, I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if I'm saved, but I know I need to be. Will you please pray for me? Nobody's looking but me. You slip your hand up and I'll see it and I'll pray for you. I don't know that I'm saved, but I want to be. Please pray for me. Anybody like that? Just lift your hand and let me see it. Anybody like that? Wait in a moment. Now, Father, I pray you'd help us.